Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Episode 29 of Wrestling 411 with Kyle Klingman and yours truly, Jason Bryant. We got a chance to talk to one of the one of one of my favorite people in the sport of wrestling, Jack Childs. Uh, at the time we recorded this back on January 20th, 2009, uh, Jack was in his 30-something year at Drexel University in Philadelphia. Guy's been kind of was one of the deans of college coaching, and uh, Jack's just a first-class guy all around. Talks a little bit about his uh, his career, and it was a real fun time for uh, for Kyle and I on this episode. So here is uh, the legendary Jack Childs from January 20, 2009 on Wrestling 411. It's the podcast archive here on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. Coming to you live, this is the Wrestling 411. Keeping the wrestling community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any pinning combination. This is the 411 Wrestling. 411, this is the 411 Wrestling. 411. Light speed coverage like electrical bolts. We up 24-7 like a heartbeat's pulse And it's the 411 if you want the results If it happens on the map, then we gotta report And this is wrestling, man, the realest sport that's around And if you didn't know about it, this is how it's going down International coverage to them NCAAs Everything on demand, and you can have it your way With the latest recruits, ranking spoken interviews Who, what, when, and where with the latest on the news Want a technique tip or something really entertaining Here's a double life class that'll keep you motivated Got you training like a madman, getting it done On how to break him and take him until you make it number one Coming fresh up off the press, you about to get some And on to the wrestling 411 This is the 411 Wrestling 411 This is the 411 Wrestling 411 Welcome to Wrestling 411 Radio I'm Kyle Klingman, joined by Jason Kingpin Twinkie Bryant. You're going with a combination of two things here this time, I've noticed. I wanted to go with a combo. The you combo. deserve a combo. Like a number one, number two combo meal, or are we just talking a combination, the Kingpin and the aforementioned Twinkie? You know, this guy. This, let's, let's get rid of that guy real quick. So. I, like, I like Twinkie. <laughs> well, though. you got to get that out the way so we can see the, uh, the Drexel shirt we got on today. Yeah, and why do you have it on? Because Jack Childs will be our guest in the second segment right around 7.20. That's Central Time. For those of you listening out east, it'll be 8.20. And, of course, Mountain and Pacific are pretty much the same. But Jack Childs just picked up a milestone victory in his illustrious career, the head coach at Drexel University. And we'll be talking to him about that extensive coaching career in our second segment. And if you don't know Jack, if you've never heard Jack speak, he's a very – just good man for the sport of wrestling, and it's it's really a pleasure to get him on the show tonight. I'm looking forward to that. It's great when you get a guy like this with 400 coaching wins. Yeah, that's the milestone. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, yeah f- 400 wins. 400. Not like 411, like 400. 
400. That's a That's lot. Division that one a, coaching. Yeah, division wins. one coaching. How many Drexel. wins does he have in junior college when he was a coach at that is Stevens it was a, I think it was like 85 or something like that right in lot. there. But 400. He started in 1976 at Drexel. He's still there. I'm sure he's going to stay through 2011 when the NCAA tournament will be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which, of course, is where Drexel is located. So we'll ask him about that, see if that's a possible timeline for his retirement. But looking forward to Jack Childs in the second segment. And I have to admit, Jason, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You were wrong about I was something. Wrong. I was wrong about something. Yeah. At 165, Ryan Morningstar did not win 3-2. to two. It was 3-1. to one. Because he took neutral in the third because period. Because he took neutral in the third period. Smart on his part. That Brandon was Mason's decision. tough on top. That's where his bread and butter is. Mason not known for his offense on the feet. But he comes away with a 3-1 win, and that win helped lead the Hawkeyes to a 20-13 to win over Oklahoma State, ending their nine-dual-meet winning streak over the University of Iowa. They finally got one. Last time they won was in 2000. Last home win for, excuse me, last road win against the Cowboys was 1996, as Coach Brands mentioned in our exclusive interview with Tom Brands talking about the national duels. Yeah, that was a great series of interviews, and it was really, really good to have, and he was one of those guys that's been on board with wrestling full one one along with all of our sponsors and you know it's because of them or where we are here today and that's a big thing that we have to explain before we get into the meat and potatoes of our wrestling little from a lot all you guys out there you see that paypal donate button on the front page of wrestling 411.tv just above the listen link live that you're clicking clicking on to listen live or just to the left when you click and listen to the podcast or where you go down and subscribe to the podcast you know, every little bit helps. A little from a lot is our deal. If we just had every listener donate something as simply as $1, I guarantee you we'd be on TV, we'd be on radio, we'd be have no problem with funding. Think about that, wrestling fans. $1. Our, our traffic on our website has been phenomenal. We thank you. We thank the sponsors. And we just can't thank them enough. It's not much. $1. $1. Hey, you know, I five make bucks. It t- yeah, five, ten bucks. I mean, you it's... Know, don't buy a soda at the gas station. Don't buy a bottle of water. For one day, you know, one, that's it. That's all we're asking, one person. You know, can that's you sacrifice a bottle of water? I can. I'll go to the tap. I forgot to do that before the show. So during a break, I'm going to be getting some water. from you get some water. From the grappling grotto here. But uh, Oklahoma State loses. Not a solid performance by the Hawkeyes. I think Tom Brands would admit that, that it wasn't their best performance. Wins 20-13. to 13. They were missing Chad Beatty at 197 and Charlie Frolic at 125, mm-hmm. which certainly makes a difference because I think those are two matches that Iowa certainly could have won and probably should have won. At 25, I can give you that. I'll give you the, the Falk over Blanc right thing, although the last time they met, it was when Obi was at Lockhaven and it was an NCAA, I believe, consolation quarter or consolation semi. might have been a consi quarter. That uh, blank one pretty big, but that was also coming through the backside two right. years ago. So they're completely different wrestlers now. Obi's seen a lot more competition day in, day out, and I think people are surprised that he's struggling. Well, you don't see Iowa, Minnesota, you don't see these guys day in, day out. You know, it, they're, they're going to catch you. When, he's, when you get them once every month, you know, that's a difference. You can catch him. But if you get them once every week, twice every week, it's yep. a different story. And Chad Beatty, I think he was – 
he would put up a fight on Clayton Foster. I still think Clayton Foster would have been would have been favored in that bout. He would have been favored, but just from what I saw at Chad Beatty at the national duels, kid's got heart, man. He does He's got heart. And uh, taking Craig Brester of Nebraska into overtime. Great match. I mean, it was a great match. He was actually leading the whole way, and it just came down to overtime. Lost 6-4 to four in overtime to Craig Brester, who was ranked first in the nation. So he certainly would have put up a fight against Clayton Foster. So the score could have been a lot different had they had two of their studs yeah, it could have in been the ugly. lineup. It could have, it could have been ugly, yeah. Yeah, it really could have been. I, I mean, I, I think that you they, just they went one, at least one. Yep. That's a 23-10 to 10 now. And then you take two. That's a twenty-six to six, uh, twenty-six to seven. Excuse me. You know, and you don't score double figures, and you're Oklahoma State. Ooh, yeah. Think about that for a second. When was the last time they didn't score double digits in a dual meet? Boy, that I, that would be you'd that'd be one back. for Gavin Lang, the Oklahoma State Sports Information Director, to look up for us because it's been a while. You'd I have believe. to go back. Yeah, but all in all, I don't think it was a good dual meet though. I watched, I, I watched it on the Oklahoma State broadcast with Rex Holt and Roger Moore. Roger Moore been uh, writing; he's been writing for Win Magazine, former sports editor of the Stillwater News Press. They were on the call, had a chance to watch it, and there were certain points. I was really impressed the facts that Jamal Parks got in real deep on that one double leg and, and couldn't finish on it. Searches' hips were just so good, just basically powered out of the double leg. That looked for sure to be two. Nope. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. So I actually had a chance to watch that on the web. I hope you guys did too, all you all you fans out there. I think there was like 4,800 or 4,000, something like that in Gallagher-Iba, not at least the 6,000 I was looking for. What can you say? Hey. What can you say? 285, Jared Drosholt beats Dan Erickson 9-5. to Actually sort of impressed with this because I thought Dan Erickson was wrestling well, went 4-0 and at the national duels. I wasn't impressed with how Drosholt looked at Minnesota. But, you know, give credit here. I think Jared Rolschult is coming along. He's obviously solidified his spot as the number one wrestler in the nation and really the prohibitive favorite. Uh, David Zabriskie has given him problems in the past. They go back and forth. But right now I'm giving it to Rolschult at heavyweight. Right, okay, so you're changing. You're, you're not betting the field anymore. No, well, I'm just saying he's the prohibitive favorite. I'm not saying that I'm taking him against the field. Do you think he has gotten to the point where uh, – do you finally res- – the fact that he is better than say the field now like at the beginning of the season it was you'll take the field at heavyweight against the number one guy i'll still take the field you'll still take the field huh yep i'll still take the what's field. it going to take for him to not uh to for you to not take the field if he has to beat dave zabriskie this weekend at the iowa state meet and if he beats dave zabriskie at the big 12s i'm given i, I would be more inclined to pick the field Okay. Or excuse me, Less pick Rochel. Yeah. Yep. So I, I just need to see something. I need to see where Zabriskie is. That's the key matchup. I'm not going to take Rochel right now until he gets tested against Zabriskie, who's his nemesis. Okay. So that's that's where I stand on that. Uh, I want to talk about another program. We had Pat Santoro on mm-hmm. the show. He was Le- our second guest. Yeah. Real early in the season. Yeah. Second guest. First guy to go five for five on the hot box. Yeah. It was, he was a, a great interview. I, I say he's the. Uh, coaching job of the year i think he's done you a mentioned that on job. last show and i said tom borelli but after you said pat santoro i had to agree with you but this is we were talking about this before the show this is interesting lehigh coming in one of the better dual meet teams in the country and that's better dual meet and they're ranked in the top 10 but you've got some notes here that these wrestling fans might not be aware of outside well, of lehigh valley uh, they're 16 and 1 right now they've lost to central michigan a quality program but their remaining schedule, they have Drexel, Harvard, Brown, Bucknell, Army, Franklin, and Marshall, and Penn all at home. Those dual meets are all 
That's big at, at for home. two reasons. Why? Reason number one. Why is it big? Because it's Lehigh. You you get uh, you get in that atmosphere. That is huge. That Grace is huge. Hall is amazing to watch a dual meet. I've had that opportunity to watch a couple matches there in the past. Fantastic. Another reason why it's big. They're going to run the table. More than likely, I see Penn possibly giving them a little bit of a matchup problem. But from there on out, it's individually there's going to be some good matchups. But as a dual meet team, Penn's the only one on that schedule that's yep. going to going to pose any problem. So they're yeah they're sixteen and one right now. Probably run the table. They'll be twenty three and one. But look at their lineup. I mean, Jason, who do they have? One thirty three. You have Matt Fisk, sixteenth mm-hmm. in the nation right now. Former EIWA runner up to Troy Nickerson. One forty nine. You have Trevor Chin, fourteenth in the nation. One sixty five. Mike Galante, fourteenth in the nation. 174, Alex Caruso, 15th in the nation. 184, David Craig, 15th. 285, Zach Ray, 20th. They don't even have a predicted All-American right now, yet they're 16-1. and They've defeated Michigan, Oklahoma State, Penn State, and Edinburgh. That is a crazy team right there. I mean, how do you even see more, them more playing out? More emphasis for a dual meet championship. I, no doubt about it. It should be a dual meet because you have balance there, but you don't have a guy that you can count on to... Get big points at the NCAA tournament. So, no, I mean, right now on that list, on paper right now, I said this in the preseason that I thought Alex Caruso would be an All-American this year. Performance in certain matches that they've won, they've been close, but I, he's a 3-2 kind of guy in a lot of ways. Sometimes He has the ability to open up, but I like him to be at, he at least a for-sure All-American out of the guys you just named that are ranked anywhere from you know 14th to 20th in that lineup. David Craig. You did the high school rankings. You followed high school wrestling. He, he was the number one ranked recruit. Number for one Internet. ranked recruit. He's a junior right now, yet he really hasn't solidified into he the He hasn't man. had that bad of a season, all things considered. No, he hasn't. You know, he had a bad weekend in Vegas. He got pinned by Josh Patterson of Binghamton at the the Northeast Duels. But other than that, I mean, he's in, we beat Doug Umbahauer of Ryder, who's first match back for Umbahauer's sake. But Umbahauer goes out you know, a week or week or two later in places at the Midlands so and beats Lewis Caputo in the process. So it's not like Craig's having a bad year. I just think there's so much expectation on him coming out wrestling as a true freshman, making the round of 12, having the academic issues that he did, yep. coming back, had a little bit of fire early going, as we saw in our Maryland clip when they with opening duel of the year against Maryland, against Santoro's former team. I just, I just think the expectations are a little high. Right now, if he would have been – Ranked 10th in the weight coming out of high school, they'd be saying, oh, he's having a decent year. Yeah, but I think any time you are ranked number one in the country out of high school, expectations are astronomically high. Yeah. I think people expect more out of him, but we'll see. I want to talk about a couple guys that we have not talked about that are high in the rankings. And, you know, that's something that's rare for us because we branch out and talk about a lot of programs. We do, but these are two guys that have really flown under the radar Partially because they haven't wrestled much. Who's that? 133, Franklin Gomez, Michigan State. 157, Mike Poeta. I don't say they're under the radar. They're just under undercover right now. Right, that's what, yeah. I mean, you just, <laughs> I, mean it's, I don't think they're being hidden. I don't know if it's injury with Poeta. And I know Gomez went home to Puerto Rico for the holidays, which, I mean, the kids from Puerto Rico cut him a little bit of slack. It's the holidays. No, yeah. But, <laughs> but still, I mean, the point being is that we just aren't talking about these guys because they haven't competed. And because of that, we're talking about should the rankings reflect lack of competition? There has to be at a certain point. And I wasn't the best at this, I'll I'll openly admit, because we'd sit there and I'd go, okay, I'm going to hold him out for one more week. I'll I'll keep him in. 
I'll check with the SID. I'll check with the coaching staff. And they'll say, yeah, he'll be back this next duel. So I leave him in for another week. And guess what? They don't wrestle in the duel. So they come out and then, you know, they got to stay. They stay in for another week. And it ends up being like three weeks. So by the time you pull them out of the rankings, they're in the lineup again and you got to put them back in. You know, some of that is, I don't know if it's it's coaches. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not wanting to show their hand entirely, but, you know, if people want to complain about the rankings so much, you know, the information does flow both ways. It does, but I think that uh, information... Especially like that. I mean, you, if we knew Poeta wasn't going to be in the lineup until, till, you know, past Christmas, you know, he's ranked in the preseason, pull him out because he's not going to be in the lineup. Josh Arnone, probably, I believe he took the first semester off at Cornell. Knew he wasn't going to be in the lineup till the scuffle. He was in for two weeks. Oh, who's out of school? Yanked. Gomez is a little different because he did. Gomez he actually has had a match. They did wrestle uh, Eastern Michigan. I believe. Was it Eastern or Central? I can't remember which one. I think it was Eastern Michigan. I'll have to look that up. But pardon me for not being somewhat prepared on the but let's Franklin go to Gomez it. question. You threw that one on me. But he has wrestled in a dual meet. So it's not like he's been sitting out completely. It's where's, Who's Michigan State been wrestling? That's going to change. Big Ten season opens up this weekend. It does open up. So we got a good good, good slate of Friday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday dual meets on the Big Ten Network to look forward to. And you know what? I think of guys that don't wrestle a lot of matches the last couple of years. It was Josh Glenn. I mean, he came in a lot of times, you know, it'd be 2-0, and and then finally at the end of the year, going in the NCAA tournament, 11-0. and I don't know if that's his... I think he was 18. 18, but I mean, not a lot. He I wasn't mean, a guy like Scott Moore, for example, at UVA, picking up 50 wins. Yeah, yeah 50. Man. That was like, what, 54-1 and one or something? 50-something and one his senior year. Do you think that's too many matches? Or do you think it's just the fact that, you know, teams are wrestling a lot? I think it's all based on the individual. I think it, I really do. I well, think that, some guys do want to wrestle 50 times a year. Yeah, some yeah. guys are t- so beaten up. I can't see, honestly, anybody in the Big Ten wanting to wrestle 50 matches because just the grind of the dual season itself, when you get to these Friday-Sunday Friday, events where you're making weight, wrestling a top-10 guy, traveling, making weight, wrestling another top-10 guy, that's going to wear on you for about a month and a half. I mean, do you, you want to have 50 matches under your belt going into that season, or do you want to have maybe 15, 20? Now, I'll tell you, when we're, we're on that theme, talking about Big Ten schedule, as you mentioned, it's funny at this point in the season. You talked about we're going into the Big Ten season, conference season for all these programs. It's funny looking at these records and seeing these teams. You say, wow, Illinois, they're undefeated. Wow, Oklahoma's undefeated. Purdue's only lost once. But you have to really look into who they've defeated. I think there's a big point there, especially with dual meets, because – 
Really, Jason, we want mm-hmm. them to matter, and we want there to be a dual meet championship, but all in all, they don't mean a thing at this point. And so when yeah. you, you really have to look at that, and I think the, the schools with the harder dual meet schedule perform better at the NCAA tournament because they've been tested. I You know, I can't, it's a basic theology I've agreed to the entire you know my, my entire life in wrestling, whether it be in high school. You know, when I was in high school, the only teams we wrestled that were double-A we're in our district. Everybody else was AAA. Or, or they were ranked teams. We were wrestling Great Bridge. We were wrestling Tallwood. We were wrestling Hayfield in these non-district matches. So it made us a better team going into our district and regionals, and we just destroy everybody. Yeah. But the other thing, too, is that, you know, disappointingly, you know, we followed the results this past mm-hmm. weekend. Not, not as many matches as you'd think. You know, you had the national duels, and then it was kind of like, all right, we had a lull, and then you go into the conference season. We well, had so. the CAA duels. That was basically the start of the real conference season there. Uh, you had a couple duels. You had Oklahoma State and Iowa. You had a couple good ones in Division Two. You did, but all in all, there's a lot of teams where you had a couple-week break, and you don't see them for two weeks, and I think that kills wrestling. Two Where's weeks the momentum off. after Yeah, you need duels. the momentum. You need more home duels. It's like, first of all, you don't have momentum. You don't have enough home dates, and then – you don't have a crowd. You don't have a crowd. And then we're the coaches are saying, we don't care about dual meets. I know we harp on this a lot, but it's such an important point for the for sustaining this sport. I mean, it really is. It's so important to do that. So we're going to keep talking about that. Jason, we're going to keep pushing to have a national dual meet championship. When mm-hmm. we talk to the coaches, we read what they're saying. They're saying, go to a one-semester sport, and we need a dual meet championship. That is crucial. Absolutely it is. That is crucial. Without question. Now, before we go to the break, you've got something here with these. I see your stats now that you're talking about with who they wrestled. Case in point, who's that? Who's that top team well, on your list right yeah, there? Illinois. I, I mean, they've wrestled NC State, Virginia, North Carolina, and that was in one day at the ACC Big Ten Clash down in Chapel Hill. Okay, so they won all three of those. They're seven and zero right now, and then they've beat Finley, McKendry, West Virginia, and Pitt. So you got. A Division two and NAIA and two EWL schools, along with three ACC schools. And not, and I'm not being critical of you know the schedule. I'm just saying we need to justify why they are ranked that high. I mean, in a lot of cases, um, you know, I can't. I have no I can't justification. Either. I mean, Oklahoma State. And again, Mark Johnson's never really had his teams in huge dual meets pre Midlands anyway. They so, haven't. I mean, yeah. maybe that's just a coaching philosophy. It probably is. But I have I'm to just, ask him when we get him on the show one of these days. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely ask him. We are going to ask Jack Childs, head wrestling coach at Drexel. Got his 400th win. We're going to ask him about that and more on our next segment of Wrestling 411 Radio. We are back. Wrestling 411 Radio. I'm Kyle Klingman, joined alongside with Jason Bryant. And we are talking history today, Jason. We're talking walking, living, breathing history today and i'm excited about this interview i am too how about you coach you excited i'm bell excited you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that walking talking history though uh, well i mean hey I sit, I sit next to you in the airport all these times and all these tournaments and it's all the information i get i mean you you've been my history lesson coming out of the colonial athletic association for the last i don't know how many years uh, I've been involved in that. But Jack Childs, welcome to the program and congratulations. Division one coaching victory number four hundred. Well thank you. I really appreciate that, Jason. Well, Coach Childs, first of all, it sounds to me like wrestling was not your first love. Originally a tight end at Ithaca College. You were 
in love with football first, and then you got into wrestling to stay in shape for football. Explain how you got into the sport. Well, I we did not have uh, wrestling at my high school when I was in high school. This was back in the sixties, and uh, when I, I but I did wrestle intramurals. And when I went to Ithaca, uh, you had to go out for an intramural sport. If you uh, being uh, that I was on the football team, I couldn't go out in the fall, so I went out for wrestling during the winter term. And I became I was the heavyweight champion at the time. Uh, believe it or not, I played football about 235, and uh, so that's why I was a heavyweight even then. But uh, so I transferred to East Stroudsburg, and when I went, then you had to sit out a year. Uh, I transferred in January, so from January to January, I I couldn't do anything. No football, nothing. But when they called for the wrestlers in October to come out for uh, the sport, you know, preseason, I thought, heck, this is a great way to get in shape for spring football. So I went out, and uh, I fell in love with the sport, and uh, the coach there, Red Whitman, was my mentor, and I give him almost all the credit for where I am and what I've done today. But um, so I continued on, and the next year I went out, and it just became something that I've loved ever since. I just like the one-on-one contact with the team, uh, with the individuals that are on the team, and it's still a team concept. But uh, I, I probably should have, maybe could have stayed with football, and I'd have been a defensive or offensive coordinator someplace. But uh, it would have meant moving, and this is was a decision that I made for myself and my family, and uh, I don't regret it one bit. It's been a great ride. So, how about football? Do you still follow it? Obviously, you're right oh, there. Oh, I certainly the... follow it. You can't, you cannot help but follow football if you're here in Pennsylvania with Penn State and Pittsburgh, and of course the Eagles, and now the Steelers. Sure. So, where, where, yeah, where but, do your, where does your allegiance lie as far as football? Without a doubt, with the, with the, uh, with the Eagles. With the Eagles. Cry, yeah. Eagles, cry yeah, on the road to misery. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been living in Lancaster for a couple of years. I was just overrun by Eagles fans, and it did make it easier when I went out to Philadelphia for anything. Well, you, uh, I you understand that. Came to Drexel in 1976, and you just got your 400th coaching win at Drexel with a 34 to nine win over Sacred Heart. Tell us what that meant. Tell us the feeling of getting 400 wins, and what that meant to you personally when you finally got it. Well, I, I told the guys we had to go to the West Coast and back to get that 400 because we were out at Stanford last week and uh, for the Stanford duels and ended up with a tie against Stanford uh, where we should probably had to win. But uh, it real, I knew it was going to come at some time. Uh, it's, uh, and after you've been coaching for so long, it's really, you know, another victory. It's a milestone for me, yes, because but it's longevity. And my wife says, don't just think of the wins that you've had, but think of the number of matches that you've sat through and coached. Because there's been, you know, a couple hundred losses in there, too. And it's been a long time. I mean, 33 years here at Drexel. And then I coached six years at, uh, in junior college at Stevens Trade, now Stevens State Tech, and then three years in high school. So it's been, you know, 42 years of my life has been coaching wrestling. And they certainly gave it good coverage on the Drexel webpage. They had uh, tracking 400. Uh, was that nice that Drexel did that for you? To that was very nice and very unexpected. Uh, we've got a real good sports information department, and 
even though basketball they think is king here, if they look at uh, you know wrestling and certainly our lacrosse team was nationally men's lacrosse was nationally ranked last year in our women's field hockey, but throughout the years I think if you look at all the sports, Drexel wrestling is probably the one that's been the most dominant. Uh, of course, I'm prejudiced there too, but uh, the sports information and I got emails and congratulatory uh, calls from pretty uh, all the coaches at Drexel and pretty much from everybody in the CAA, and I've been getting them from my friends in coaching around the nation, too. So I, it's been most appreciated. Well, you came to Drexel in 1976, and you are actually t- second place to Dan Gable for Rookie Coach of the Year that year, I believe. Uh, you've seen a lot of changes. You've seen uh, wrestling like no other person at this point. What has changed the most since 1976 uh, as far as the athletes, as far as the dynamic, as far, as far as what you've seen at the NCAA tournament? Can you pinpoint one thing that you would say has changed the most since you began coaching in 1976 at Drexel? Well, I think, Kyle, it's, been, it's probably been the, uh, the attitude of the student athlete. Uh, back when I started coaching, it seemed like they were, you know, that those that came out, they had the talent, but they, they really didn't care uh, that much uh, how, how hard they worked. Now, I'm speaking solely at Drexel. I'm not talking about in Iowa or Penn State. Or, but uh, through the years, the, that has evolved, and the work ethic of the kids, the skill level of the kids, of the good kids, uh, is, is much superior to what I used to have to work with. And uh, so I think probably the attitude and the want the desire of the athletes today that realize what they have available to them, uh, that's probably been the biggest change. What has been the biggest change when it comes to recruiting? Obviously, Drexel, a private school in in Metro Philadelphia, just literally blocks from the University of Pennsylvania. But it seems like there's this one corridor that you seem to have been doing very well at recently, and that's that Lehigh Valley region and those Northampton area kids. And, And the whole District 11 scene. How has the recruiting aspect changed from, obviously, your first year there to now your, your 33rd? Well, recruiting is uh, it's, it's a little bit different now. The kids, uh, it's, I probably have more uh, activity with the parents than I had then. Then you just went and scouted the, the wrestlers, and it, you sold the program to them. Of course, when I started here at Drexel, the, the total cost of the education was like, $3,700. Now I can't even offer a $3,700 scholarship and you know, without the kids looking at me like I'm crazy. So um, the recruiting aspect has changed uh, tremendously as far as is scholarship, the money angle, but uh, you talk about my inroads to the Lehigh Valley area. I've had kids from Lancaster. I've had them from Northeast Pennsylvania. I've had them from uh, the Latrobe area out in the West uh, Pennsylvania, but it just seems like the kids in the Lehigh Valley, their skill level, their dedication, their especially the Northampton kids, they're they're blue collar workers, uh, you know, blue collar family. Come, most of them come from blue collar families, and they're just hard nosed. They got great coaches, um, and they haven't they haven't really reached the level that they want to reach. And I don't have that many state champions on my team. And, you know, I take a Steve Mittich, who was ranked number one in the country, at, I mean one in the state, at uh, 119 his senior year, and uh, lost his first round at states. And 
came back, won his first consolation match, and then lost his second consolation, was out of the tournament. There's a kid that was, you know, had hopes of being a state champion. So did we. But I knew the tenacity. I knew the skill level of this young man, and I knew he was going to be good in college. And when his mom came crying up to me after his second loss, I said, Kim, I understand, but I recruited him for what he could do at Drexel, not what he could do here at Hershey. And, um, you know, I just I respect what they do up there. They've wrestled hard, uh, a good, tough schedule. But yet I don't think they've burnt themselves out. They haven't traveled all over the country. It's not like a, a Blair, you know, prep or anything like that. So, now In terms of the, the dynamic of wrestlers that come to Drexel, you've had two All-Americans in the program's history, but it's a different educational environment. And I know this from having past interviews on the Drexel campus. Explain the, the dynamic of the academics and the co-op program there at Drexel that really gets the athletes a real jump start into Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Life after wrestling. It really does. Uh, Drexel's a predominantly a five-year co-op program or school. And uh, they can come, they can take a four-year program. All of our curriculums have four years, but we're noted for the five-year co-op. Their first year, they're right on campus, fall, winter, spring. Their sophomore pre-junior, that's the extra year, and junior year, so the middle three years, they're only in school six months, and that's from September till the end of March, which encompasses, of course, the entire wrestling season. So it doesn't hamper them at all as far as wrestling is concerned. Then from April till September again when school starts, they're in a job that's given to them by the university in their field of study, and they'll earn between fourteen and $18,000 while they're out on co-op which is, you know, if they're getting a scholarship in any way, that's, that's tremendous income for them. I mean, they can invest that. They can put it in the bank. They can buy a car, whatever. But uh, then their senior year, they're right back on campus, fall, winter, spring, and graduate in June. Now, one-third of the jobs are here in Philadelphia, one-third within a 50-mile radius, and one-third all over the country. I've had guys in England. I had a heavyweight about five years ago that was in St. Croix. Um, so they have uh, that opportunity to do whatever they want concerning their job. About 80% of my guys work right here in Philadelphia because it's a big job market. Plus, during the spring and summer, they can be back on campus to work with our strength coach, and I keep the room open for them so they can come in and drill individually. So, And, of course, the NCAA gives you five years to put four years of eligibility in. So it's already built into their program where if they go to a four-year institution they have if they want a red shirt they've got to take an extra year and in most cases they take 
courses that don't relate to their, uh, you know, to their major, and it's it's not a waste of time certainly, but it's it's kind of a, a lost year for them. Coach, so when about eighty percent of our students, eighty to eighty-five percent of our students, go back to work for people that they have had co-op experience with. So they're pretty much guaranteed a job. And there's not too many colleges across the country, especially in today's economy, that can tell you that. Coach, obviously when we mentioned 32 seasons as the head coach at Drexel, unfortunately you've seen a lot of programs drop. Do you feel like Drexel has ever been on the chopping block, or have you gotten pretty good administrative support? I've gotten uh, very good administrative support. First of all, we don't have uh, football. Uh, they dropped football two years be- before I came to Drexel. And um, so and we're in the Colonial Athletic Association. We went from the East Coast Conference to the East Coast Wrestling Association when we merged with the New England Conference. And then we, when uh, the CAA started, they lost some teams there. Uh, we merged with the CAA because Drexel and Hofstra were going into the CAA in all sports anyway. And that would have left the the East Coast Wrestling Association, the ECWA, with only five teams. And that they would have been in jeopardy of losing their sponsorship as for the NCAAs. So when we merged, um, you know, that really that took us to 11 teams. And um, a couple of teams of Joe Wagner and um, Campbell have joined the Eastern Regional. And we lost, of course, James Madison. So we're down. To, we're at eight teams, but Drexel is never in jeopardy of dropping the sport of wrestling. It's one. We have 16 sports: uh, eight men's and eight women's. In fact, we're the leading school as far as gender equity is concerned in the country, and that includes the the uh, Army, Navy, uh, and the Air Force academies. Coach Jason mentioned the two All-Americans that you have had in your program. Do those two athletes stand out from the rest of your wrestlers? Obviously, I know that uh, there's a connection with all of your athletes, but uh, how do you remember those two All-Americans, Rob Redman and Mike Lusak? Well, Rob Redman, uh, he was a it was a bittersweet, really, because um, he, he was an All-American his junior year and was actually ranked like fourth uh, in the nation early his senior year, but I uh, ran into some uh, difficulties, and uh, actually I dropped him from the program, and I, that just shows my team, at least, that no one person is bigger than our program, and it was because, and we, we still remain good friends. Um, Ryan Halushak is just a, a real gem, and uh, he's the kind of guy I wish my daughter was a little bit younger, or he was a little bit older. But that's the kind of person Ryan is. In fact, he came to the CAA duels this weekend and stayed with the team, and has uh, just been very doing very well. Lives in Alexandria or Georgetown, Virginia, Georgetown, just outside of Washington, and just you know is one of the highlights uh, of my coaching career here at Drexel. When- but I've had a number of guys that have gone you know uh, to the round of twelve. I think of Chris Jones, who had to default. I had to pull him out of, after he lost in the quarterfinals to a boy from Iowa, and that boy went on and won the semis easily and then lost in the finals, was number two in the nation. But um, Yeah, Jones was tough. I remember those old, very tough, yeah. old, those old matchups. Like, oh, man, not this There's guy again. There's another one from the Lehigh Valley. He was from Houston. Yeah, and Jason and I were talking earlier about the match against Trent Paulson, and it was one of the – it was 13-7 – 
And I tell you what, that was one of the best matches that I've ever seen at the NCAA tournament. What do you remember about that match? Well, I just remember, to me, I, the, when the uh, announcer said, people, you want to look at here at match four. It was just, and I remember the match. I couldn't, the crowd noise, the, the hair on my back was standing up. I was just, it was, it was like it was a national finals. They were just going, you know, hell bent for leather. They each tossed each other. And uh, actually it was a, you know, a 7-7 match. Ryan shot in and, and hit that Metzger. And darn it, Paulson didn't come through on him. And and reverse him and take him to his back, and that was that was the story of that match. The shack attack, as you guys would yep, call it down attack. there. I, yeah. I've 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 been friends with victims of that for years. But uh, when you talk about uh, Lushak a little bit, he's a guy kind of like you. Started with football first at Lehigh, and then how did how did he come to Drexel? Oh, I recruited Ryan uh, right from high school and double A, uh, you know, Northern Lehigh High School. His father was assistant football coach there. His brother played football at Lehigh. And, of course, we didn't have football, so I told him I was recruiting him solely for wrestling. And he told me, he said, Coach, if, I, if I'm going to wrestle, I'm coming to Drexel. But it became a tug-of-war between football and wrestling. And, actually, uh, I sent his letter of intent up, and he called and said, Coach, he said, I, I believe that I'm, I'm not going to be able to come to Drexel. Uh, I want to try football. I want to honor my father. And I said, there's nothing wrong with that. Plus, you're getting a heck of an education at Lehigh, son. And he, as he said, Coach, he said, I just want to ask you one thing. If things shouldn't work out, would you offer me an opportunity to come back to Drexel? And I say, in a heartbeat, because we had a great relationship. And um, well, after, you know, and I never thought a thing of it, because I've had other guys, and very rarely will I say, you choose the school that you want to go to. You don't want to keep you don't want to look behind yourself. You choose it for the right reasons, and there shouldn't be anybody that, you know, that needs to want to transfer. But uh, it was in just be, after Thanksgiving, I got a phone call, and Ryan said, Coach, he said, I've tried football, and he said, I just don't think that I want to be here anymore for football. He said, and I told you if I was going to wrestle, I wanted to wrestle for you at Drexel. And would you honor my – and, I, of course, I hadn't given out my scholarship aid yet. And I said, Ryan – I still have your scholarship offer here for you. So I but you've got to make inroads. So we went back and forth, and uh, he, he actually went out for the team at Lehigh and wrestled with Greg Strobel's team up there and uh, called and asked me, he said, Coach, he said, I got the opportunity because their 57-pounder got injured to wrestle, uh, you know, eight or nine matches and possibly try out for, you know, get a, a wrestle off for the uh, EIWAs. And I said, Ryan, can you beat him? And he said, Coach, if he's healthy, I don't think I can right now. I said, I want you for four years, not three. So he and he went back to tell Coach Strobel that, you know, that that's what he wanted to do, just redshirt. And um, Greg accepted that and said, we want to keep you in the room with your work ethic and, and as a drill partner. And the next year he transferred to Drexel, and the rest is history. He right. was also a very intelligent boy. He was four years academic All-American, and he was also the scholar-athlete in wrestling for the last two years in the CAA in wrestling. A dynamite interview as well. So he's one of those kids that I always kind of looked at, you know, from, from the outside going, man, that, that, that Drexel kid, if you don't wrestle before, you're in trouble. And <laughs> he's just, you know, I, I can't harp on him being the guy that I relate to your program the most in terms of, quality individuals that you put out as a coach it's you're not necessarily getting all the all-americans but you're putting out 
quality people into society, and that's what I respect. It's also the 400 wins and just the way your overall demeanor in this sport. You've been great to me, even though I went to a rival institution, and I got nothing but good things to say, and I'm, I'm glad you're on our show. Well, I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and to express, you know, my views and talk a little bit about Drexel Wrestling. It's been, again, it's been a great ride for me here and uh, a few more years left, I hope. So, uh, Yeah, you're not out of it yet. Uh, We have five hot box questions for you. Hot box time, Coach. This is the uh, portion of the show where we ask you five questions, throw you in the sauna, hoping to make you sweat. Coach Jack Childs, are you ready to go into the hot box? I'm ready. All right, question number one. When you retire and you're watching in the stands, what two people would you like to attend a wrestling meet with? Who would I like to attend a yeah, wrestling meet people, with? Yeah, two people, one on either side. One on either side. Well, I think I'd like to have my son, Michael, on one side of me and uh, because he's uh, aspiring to be a, a wrestling coach and was a wrestler for me. And I think on the other side would probably be my wife, who's always been with me. All right, Jason. I'll take answer. that as a correct Good answer. answer. Absolutely. Correct. Number two, uh, you're known as a strict disciplinarian. What is the craziest thing you've ever done in the wrestling room during your career? Well, um, this was in my wrestling career, I'm glad you said that, because uh, at Stevens Trade, they were uh, at the junior college in Lancaster. It's now Stevens State Tech. And uh, they're just a tough, hard-nosed bunch of kids. And, I mean, we had to put, I had to keep the hammer down on them all the time. I uh, came December, it was like uh, week, the first weekend of December, and it, we had a tough schedule coming up. We had Lehigh, then all the colleges, most of the colleges had JV teams, or we wrestled junior college varsities. And um, so uh, we had a tough schedule coming up, and I just knew, you know, I kept the hammer down. I just wanted to lighten the mood up a little bit. So what I did was I hung Christmas tree lights up all across the room, turned the main lights off. They came into practice. I flicked on the lights, and we played Christmas carols. And that just, you know, that was probably one of the most insane things I've done. <laughs> that, that is actually probably one plus. That's a great answer. I'm going to give that two points. That's great. So he's three for two right now. And, Question- and he hit the double leg on uh, Santa Claus when he tried yeah. to come in. <laughs> uh, how many times have you been late for practice in your career? Uh, that's one thing, my guys. Well, uh, I may have been late maybe twice that I can remember because my motto is, and these guys learn it, the time management is very important. And, uh, I tell them if they're, if they're early, they're on time. And if they're on time, they're late. And if they're late, the door's locked and there's 25 pound or 35 pound sandbags out in the hall. Start running until I let you back in. Uh, that's a true story. I've seen those things out there. Yes, indeed. All right, that's a, that's a correct answer, too. Uh, you're less than five. You, you can count it all on one hand. Uh, that's a correct answer. You're, what, four for three now? Four for three. Four for three. That's, that's, that's a that's good percentage rare. to have, Coach. All right, uh, have you ever ran the steps that Rocky did? And if not, will you run them with me at the 2011 NCAA tournament in Philadelphia? We run those Rocky steps every year, and I run with the guys at least one time. I used to do it almost every time with them. But, yes, I will run the Rocky step with you in 2000. All right, I'm planning on that. I've never <laughs> run them. I need uh, – I might. I, well, a couple years ago I might need it in an oxygen mass. To do Man, them. I'm so excited. I'm giving you probably seven for – Four right now. Say, Jason, I can have the emergency squad at the top yeah. for you when you get hey, there. Hey, you haven't seen me lately. I'm down about 25 pounds. I think I can handle it no problem. There you go. 
All right, last question. I mean, you're perfect already, so it doesn't matter if you get this. In all your 32 years at Drexel, what was your most memorable season? Probably the year that, uh, and this goes back to 85, I believe, when we won the, uh, the then it was the ECC championships. We uh, beat, we lost, we only lost one match that year. We were 16-1. and one. We lost to Ryder, and then we turned around and won the conference championship. And I had uh, eight of my ten guys all play, placed in the top four. And it just uh, unheralded because the year before we were like fourth and uh, really it was only like 11 years that I was in, had been in nine years, I think, that I had been in the, in the uh, East Coast Conference. So to, to go from, you know, the bottom for the first two years that I was at Drexel to winning the championships was, uh, I still remember that. I still remember the ride home and the guys putting out, you know, we stopped at a burger place. They had, what was it? White Castle hamburgers. And they, they said, White Castle hamburgers make us strong. So. <laughs> I actually have one follow-up question. Okay. And I've asked you this before, but I want you on record with this one, Coach. You're in Philadelphia. Best cheesesteak in Philadelphia. Is it Pat's, King of Steaks? Is it Geno's? Is it Jim's? Or is there something else out there that you guys like more than uh, well, Pat's? I'm going to tell you, there is something else out there, and it's called Abner's. And it's actually on Chestnut Street, just up from Drexel and Penn's campus. And they make a tremendous cheesesteak. In fact, you come, next time you come, and Kyle, when you come in in 2011, we'll get you a couple of those uh, Abner cheesesteaks. All right. I, I want to be there before then. But uh, I tell you <laughs> what, this has been awesome talking to you. Really appreciate that. Uh, congratulations on 400 wins and being such a, a great coach and just a great ambassador for this sport. And we've really enjoyed talking to you. Well, thank you very much, and I've certainly enjoyed, uh, certainly Jason, because we've shared a lot of good times together when he was here at in, in Lancaster, and of course he's, you know, that old Dominion school. And uh, I, I don't know I've that. I've always what? admired what? your your columns. <laughs> I've, I've told you that, and and what you do for both you guys do for our sport, you know, is uh, unquestionably you know tremendous for us, and you're great ambassadors as well. Coach Jack Childs, we appreciate the time. We are going to be back with Segment 3 next on Wrestling 411 Radio. And welcome back to Wrestling 411 alongside Kyle Klingman, Jason Bryant here. And, you know, before the show, Kyle, you said, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I just need to, I need to turn around and, and turn my hat around. It's like a switch. It is. It's like over the top. And, uh, it is over the top. Those of you that like bad 80s movies, like me, No, they are bad. That was horrible. No. No, you got to wait until Charlie Bush puts out Over the Top 2. No, it's so it's bad a it's good, good. It's going to be a Tim Goodale, Charlie Bush production. You're going to love it. So bad it's good type it's, of deal. It's, well, it's not quite as bad as Black Sheep. Not the Chris Farley version. Oof. Maybe that's why you were in a Riz last week. We made you watch that before the Oof, show. Man. Genetically mutated sheep. That's all you need to know. Anyway, it was it was it was an hour and a half of my life. I went back twice, but uh, Coach Childs was a great guest. It was good to have him on. He was, you know, a a guy a lot of people outside of maybe even Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania might not know a whole lot about the guy. But four hundred wins, you know, one of the good men of the sport, and it was just a, a fantastic interview to have him on. It was, and what I liked was that you really saw a lot of his personality. Although he was strict, as you talked about. 
you know, not being late, and the kids know that. But great story there about going back and putting Christmas lights. I mean, that's just fun stuff. Just gives an insight into who he is. And boy, this is the first time I've really had a chance to really talk to Jack Childs. And I really told you, that. I told you, did I not? I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this. One. You take credit all you this want. This is not a shirt that's been. This is not something. Get on the camera here. This is not something that I've just. I've had just because of this show. I've had this shirt for two or three years. So it's, you know. Jack Childs is the man. He gets the man status. He is not even just because the four hundred wins. He's just he's an man. imposing figure too. If you've never stood next to him, he's a big dude. I mean, he's he's tall. He's he might be looking down on you a little bit. He could probably I mean, he still throw be. the double legs. I know he could. I know he could. Big weekend in wrestling coming up, Jason. Kicks off the Big Ten schedule. Kicks off the Big Twelve schedule. Everything. Kicks off a lot of conference schedules. It really does. And I think the rankings. This you look at who competes against who. It's just everything's going to get mixed up. We're going to have a full week next week bringing this show to you. That's for sure. Yeah, there's going to be a lot going on. Namely, anytime you start at the top, University of Iowa is going to wrestle Wisconsin and Illinois. Certainly going to be some good tests for them at home, but they're going to have that Carver-Hawkeye Arena crowd, and I'm looking forward to a lot of the matchups, as you always do when University of Iowa wrestles at home. You get a rematch of the Midlands final, too. Yeah, you get a rematch of the Midlands. and At 141, excuse me, I had to clarify that with Alex Surtis and Zach Tonelli there, so that'll be a good one. Well, and uh, 133, you get a rematch between Illinois and Iowa again. You get Dan Dennis. And Jimmy Kennedy. And Jimmy Kennedy. So that's uh, that's also going to be a good match. So, I mean, just fun weekend. You have that that going on at Carver-Hawkeye. Oklahoma comes in you to know, the, Iowa State. The whole teammate thing was pretty cool, too. You know, the Kennedy and the... Uh, that was cool. Kennedy and Dennis. Still is cool. Yeah. Uh, that's wrestle gonna be, again. They are going to wrestle again, and I think uh, it's going to go the other way. That's your call. Let's that's see. my call. Um, hmm, I don't know. I might have to. I might have to lean towards Kennedy this time too. I just. I just have a feeling that Kennedy's going to do it. I just think. Uh, and Dennis has atmosphere. had a great season, but no doubt about it. Maybe they, the thing is, if it's the opportunity is, is with the way the dual meet is, if Falk's not in that lineup, you got a young BJ Frutrell against a young JJ Crutzinger. So, you know, you can talk so momentum much. early. Yeah, you really can, and, and you don't even. You know, it it kind of depends. I think uh, we've seen a lot of these meets start at one twenty-five, but I think. A lot of times, maybe if you want to mix things up, they're going to do the uh, the random draw a little more. And a lot of times, I think that maybe they decide to go at heavyweight more often so you can give those 125, 133. I don't know how much it helps. I'd like to know a little more from the coaches, but giving them 15 minutes extra, start at heavyweight. These guys don't have to make weight so that these a uh, little more recovery time for the lower weights. Yeah, well. I like them starting at 25. Oh, I do too. Just a traditionalist yeah, in no, that respect. I think it should be that way, but I think a lot Unless of time... it's like number one versus number two and the match could come down to it, mm. I think that would be a situation where let's uh, let's say uh, let's start it at, at, at 33. Or let's start it at 41 and have the match come have down match. to that. What else we got on the slate? Well, here's an interesting one to me. Oklahoma State mm-hmm. comes into Ames okay. at 1 p.m. on Sunday. You're going to be there for that. I'm going to be there for that. But I'm also going to be at the meet when they go north, and they're going to go up to northern Iowa and wrestle. So they're going to wrestle Iowa Watch State. the roads. Watch the roads, but they're going to wrestle Iowa State at 1. They're going to wrestle that, and then they're going to go up to northern Iowa and wrestle at the McLeod Center. Wouldn't it be more over geographically? It would be up and over. 
up, up and, and over. I about to do exactly. One of these. Kind of like how my car went in Waterloo, up and then over. Yeah, but uh, there's going to be a lot of over. So up and over, north and east. Actually, if you want to look at it geographically, it would have made more sense to us in northern Iowa first and then come down. Then they would have been going south. Don't know what the scheduling was all about, but we'll see how Iowa State does against Oklahoma State. This is one of those ones where you look at matchups, not looking good for the Cowboys. Not looking good. Every Nope. It's one of those ones you just kind of look and just say, ouch. Although Iowa State isn't wrestling tremendously well right now. They might be a little peeved at that Cornell loss, so maybe that's, you know, lights a fire under the butt there. And, and, and they wrestle. They go to, if, if there's a team to make a statement against, it's against John Smith. That's just, you got to make a statement against somebody after a loss, and and you can do it against Oklahoma State, more power to you. Where do you see Oklahoma State? This is this is the team where, put me on the again, spot again. I'll, I'll, I'll put myself on the Jeez. spot. I don't see Oklahoma State. Obviously, this you know this is like a softball saying this, but they're obviously not where they want to be. But I don't see where Oklahoma State at the NCAA tournament will get that firepower. And this really could be outside of 1993 when they didn't wrestle. I'm just seeing this as you know maybe their worst season as far as placing at the NCAA tournament. Still got to wrestle the matches. I still think they got all American firepower there. I think all it's you know all it takes is one good weekend, and if there's a that's what coaching's about. That's what coaching and training and all those things. You could have a bad entire season, but have one great weekend in March, and you could have that times five. So, and John Smith has proven. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crossed them off no. a shot for top five. I don't think they're going to win it by any means. That's, no, but that's not going out on a limb. But they've, they've placed fifth the last two years, and I didn't think they were. I think they high. have that capability. I'm really curious Boy. to see what Newley McSpadden's going to do. He could be the X factor with those tournament points because, yeah, it's a three-two match. But him and Jay Borchell, I mean, he was in. He was in deep on some shots. He was in. He was out there. He was shooting more than he ever did at 57. And he could be the real X factor for some tournament points. Thoughts, reflections. Yeah, I, he is the X factor. All, but all of us X factors. Cool, one of the coolest names in college. <laughs> yeah, talk about cool names. Atticus Disney. That's a good one. At, at Minnesota. That's a red. He's a red shirting freshman, not a red shirt freshman. He's a freshman who is red shirting. Joe Moon. Joe Moon. Ah, yeah. <laughs> had Joe chance, Moon. Had a chance to talk to him the other night. It. it Looking ahead a little bit, uh, some great interstate rivals mm-hmm. coming up next week, and we're going to hope to cover those, 28th and the 30th, 28th. Yeah, we're having we're going to have some fun on the 28th. We're going to have some real fun. We're breaking this one. We thought Augsburg and Wartburg on the 30th was going to be our first broadcast, but still got to get this one ironed out, our first live event. Live. Yep. Upper Iowa at Minnesota State Mankato on that Wednesday. And we talked to Coach Jim Makovsky. He's working with his athletic communications department to make sure that can happen for us. And I guess, do you want to let the cat out of the bag on who our special interview is that day? Well, we want to make sure we get him. Well, So let's not let the cat out of okay, the bag. Okay, but we're going to have Jim Makovsky and his team and some members of his team on. But there's going to be a big one on Wednesday. It's going to be a special show for Mankato, Minnesota. We're probably going to go down. We're going to go down there and do a show anyway. Whether or not we do the dual meet live is still up in the air based on the athletic communica- communications we got to work with the Northern Sun Conference and the current school to know what's going on. But Upper Iowa and Mankato on Wednesday. Come back here. Studio show Thursday. Run right across town Friday. Augsburg and Wartburg. So next week's going to be a big week for us. It is going to be a big week, and I, I really look forward to. 
those types of matches. Those that is wrestling right now. It's grassroots, it, baby. It's grassroots. Grassroots. And as far as excitement, that's where it's at. Did you Division watch the three. D two? Yeah. Did you watch the D three? Of course. That's it's, it's the best. And it's those fans and it's those programs that it's not just about the Big Ten, Big Twelve. And it's not just about, you know, more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. We're out there to try to get as many programs coverage as as many newsworthy notes we can about as many different things and it's all because you know again our sponsors and our supporters and if you're a fan of mankato and you know we're coming hey come up and say hello you know hit the paypal button you know a little from a lot that's we would not be able to do these things if it was not for your support and we'd like to do a lot more we've got some great plans ahead from this year and beyond so you can be directly responsible for i don't want to say us but the ability that we have to bring this great sport to you. How about Southern Oregon going from second to fifth after winning the national duels? A little bit odd. Did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even see them. <laughs> Just kind of odd. They win the, the national oh, duels man. and they go from second to fifth. Maybe it's tournament points. Who knows? Yeah, it is, but uh, still kind of one of those radars you see it. Final thought of the week? Notable, my, Most notable aspect of the week for you? Man, my, the most notable for me is... I want to see where Illinois is. Okay. This match really intrigues me because I want to see where their conditioning level is, and I want to see how a number seven team who hasn't really wrestled a lot of competition does when they go right into the fire against top-ranked Iowa in Carver-Hawkeye Arena. I think I don't want to say it could get ugly because they have a lot of personnel there that can challenge, but I'm just interested in Illinois. This is a, Obviously, it's going to be a good test when you go against the Hawkeyes in Carver Hawkeye Arena in the rank first. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm just I was I'm going backwards and most most interesting, most notable thing to me last week wasn't anything a lot of people really might have paid attention to, but I'm just gonna say this seventeen fifteen streaks over. Streaks over. Streaks over. You know what I'm talking about? No. This is this is kind of a it's not necessarily truly self serving, but Hofstra and Jack Childs talked about this that Hofstra and Drexel came into the CAA had not lost a conference dual meet since moving into the Colonial in 2001-2002. That was a streak of 63 matches going in to their dual meet at the CAA duels on Saturday with Old Dominion. That was 62-0-1. Their one blemish was a tie with Boston University that first year. Well, that's, that's now not long. It's no longer an unbeaten streak. It's no longer a 60-match win streak. The streak was snapped. And congrats to Steve Martin and Old Dominion. As he said, it only took him five years to do it. So he's kind of a little uh, little annoyed about it. Only t- It took him five years. But the streak's over. Got to see some parody there. But uh, Hofstra, definitely not uh, going to lie down. That CAA tournament's going to be real good. So a little shout-out to the alma mater there with a big 17-15 win over Hofstra. Snaps the streak, second time in program history. So those are my thoughts. All right. It's all good. Jack Childs was a great guest. For Jason Bryant, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to Wrestling 411 Radio.